What's up, everybody? Steve Fury here, and we got a new episode of World on Drug Podcast with who? Me, Steve Fury. This week's episode is all about the 18th Street Gang. Yes, this is a two-parter. This episode is only about the American version. Let's give a little rundown. They started in uh, the 70s by a guy named Rocky Lee Glover. Why did they start? Because he wanted to join the 14th Clayton Street Gang, but guess what? They only accepted full-blown Mexicans. And he wasn't, so he started the 18th Street Gang. And he said, hey, I'm going to diversify my bones. Anyone can come in, except homosexuals. Um, so he did. And guess what, guys? When you start a gang and you say everyone can come in, it starts fucking growing. Uh, 18th Street Gang took off, uh, destroyed 14th Street Gang, took over more, most of L.A. And by the 80s, there were 200 individual cliques of the 18th Street Gang. From 1985 to 1995, 18th Street Gang murdered one and a half people a month for 10 years. That's over 180 people in 10 years they murdered. Cops started freaking out about the old 18th Street Gang. So what they started is they got a crazy task force called Crash. 18th Street Gang are actually the reason that a lot of the gang laws are, are in place. Like no three gang members can um, hang out at one time or communicate. That's all considered a crime. It all started from the 18th Street Gang. So what the Crash Unit did of the LAPD is they did a huge sting um, where they gathered up almost 1,400 uh, expected gang members for small crimes such as traffic violations to open warrants. Uh, they gathered them all up, took them to jail. Uh, but the problem is the reason, the way they did that, uh, they ended up getting sued. Most of those cases were dropped, and it cost the police department over 125 milli back in the 1988. And in today's money, that's 315 million dollars. Uh, that's not the last time America fucked up with these guys. So the biggest problem with the 18th Street Gang and with gangs nowadays compared to the past is there's normally a hierarchy with a gang, hierarchy with a mafia. That way, when you attack someone at the top, everyone on the bottom suffers. Problem with 18th Street, there's no hierarchy. Gangs aren't together. 18th Street can fight other 18th Streets. And so when you take out a, uh, a leader, nothing happens. So after that whole crash unit thing busted, what Diane Feinstein and a lot of people thought were, hey, why don't we just get rid of the immigrants who are causing these gangs? It's not the immigrants. Remember, 18th Street Gang is actually diverse and accept anyone, but they said the immigrants. But there are a lot of South Americans. So what they did is they gathered up, I think it was like 30,000 immigrants over all over America, 30 to 50,000, and deported them. A fair amount of them were gang members. Sounds like a good idea, right? Let's get all the gang members and just kick them out. But just like, you know, cancer in your body, just because you moved it from your heart to your foot doesn't mean it's gone. And when you misplace thousands of gang members into other cities across the world, they don't just go there and get jobs and go to college. No, they start other fucking gangs. And that's why El Salvador is now completely taken over by 18th Street and MS-13. And that's kind of where the podcast starts taking off. So if you want to know why there's 18 and MS-13 spray-painted all over your fucking neighborhood, this is the podcast for you. I'm Steve Fury, and this is World on Drugs, and our guest this week is Gary Anderson, one of my favorite comics. And if you enjoy this kind of stuff, guys, follow and watch the podcast wherever you get podcasts, Spotify, Apple, and we now record it and put it on YouTube. Got some clips up there. Enjoy the show. Thank you very much. Ciao.
What's up, everybody? Yeah, you know what time it is. You know who's talking to you. You know those smooth sounds of KTLA. This is Steve Fury, rapping on the ones and twos. No, hey, everybody, it's uh, me, your boy, Steve Fury. We're back, and this is World on Drugs. Uh, we got a great episode, man. Um, you should have heard the little advert in the beginning. I'm going to try and do that for a while. This is about the 18th Street Gang. Started in a uh, little Hollywood action. Not Hollywood, started in Pico. In L.A., downtown L.A., kind of where actually where I used to live, which makes sense because the neighborhood was called Little El Salvador. And you already heard that stuff, so don't need to say it. <sighs> I know what you guys are thinking. Steve, we've been waiting almost two months to know, did you get JFL? <laughs> guys, I am happy, happy to announce, no. No, I didn't. Didn't get it. Uh, found out last week at my citizen show. Um, started a new show with the setup guys in SF uh, at this bar called the Citizen. It's kind of a smorgasbord bar, which is like a uh, kind of a. It's got like ten small, like a food court that you would have at like a um, mall. But every restaurant is fancy, but they're still small. So they had this little back patio, and <clears throat> sorry, it's a little early in the morning. My my voice hasn't adjusted yet, and so I uh, we threw a show there, smashed out, sold out. What's up, baby? You like that shit? And me and the setup boys, man, we're gonna have three shows a week now. Rocket ship on Saturdays. We got this sick uh, venue in a in a vintage basement, a la the old uh, old video store in San Francisco. Sorry, my brain's not working on all things. It's still in the morning right now, and I've been moving all week. So yeah, um. It was a really rough day Wednesday of last week because I was I thought I would have known. I thought I was going to get it. You know, we told you the story about the guy who told me I was going to be huge. And then he said the N-word. Um, so what happened was through the show, I was waiting to hear. Probably a day after I released the podcast. Um, got to the show. My manager was coming. He was coming with a couple industry folks from... Fox and CBS and stuff like that to go check out the show. Not that big of a thing. It happens all the time here. Um, and then I get there and I'm sitting down and my buddy Andrew Rolfo. Check him out. He'll probably be on the podcast some point here soon. Um, he sits down and he goes, hey, did you get it? And I'm like, uh, get what? And he's like, JFL? He's like, I've heard from everyone who, that some people have gotten it. Did you get it? And I was like, no, I didn't hear. And I text my manager. I'm like, yo, what the fuck? How come every people know? And he goes, I was going to tell you in person. You didn't get it. Um, that threw me through a a rough couple days. Because why? Because Steve, don't be a little bitch just because you get one bad news. Didn't get one bad news. Then doubled that up with uh, you didn't get the Comedy Central who asked you to submit. Okay, that's rough. And then also, you didn't get the Netflix. Okay, that's rough. Well, Steve, did you have time between all these things to process them? No. All the information came in in about two hours. And this is going to sound, I mean, it's an ego thing, really. It's an ego thing, really, because in my head, I thought I was going to get into the Netflix thing. I'm not talking about the 30 minutes that Brian Simpson got. Also, shout out to old guest and buddy of mine, Brian Simpson. If you guys have never seen him, you're not going to see his 30-minute special on Netflix. And he deserves it. I have no problem with that. I'm not committing to that. I wasn't up for that. Old TV boy isn't in the 30-minute Netflix special uh, conversations. I was going to supposed to be like this five-minute thing. Yeah, I didn't get all that. Uh, and then my manager told me the JFL one in person. Here's something. Here's This, this is going to be a wild, a wild thing to say. 
Stop giving bad news in person. Right? Why are we doing... Write a letter. Call me on the phone. If you're going to break up with me, don't do it in my fucking face. Don't give me bad... If someone died, don't tell me face-to-face. Tell me over a phone. Stay so fucking far away from me. It was written in a, a letter from a pigeon. It takes weeks. Why? Because then it allows me to process shit by myself. You know? Because I... I, I'm a flare-up person. What I mean is I have herpes. No, I'm kidding. I don't at all. Um, I did think I did for a long time, actually. Well, that's another story. But I don't because I was... Uh, took a test with my girlfriend when we first were going to go raw. And I'm clean, baby. Been clean my whole life. Um, if there's anything wrong if you have herpes, it's a bad luck thing. Um, yeah, you know, I, I, I flare up. I, 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 I don't explode. But I get very sad, very angry for a small amount of time. Hallie, you can't come up here. I'm sorry. I'm sorry, little monkey. Um, and then I process it. So I remember I used I I had I was up for this Fox's like the network, the one of the three big networks, NBC, CBS, Fox. It was their like comedian comedians of 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 the year, the next people you have to see. And for three years, that network told me I had it. And every day at the end, um, when it came up, they uh told me I didn't have it and that sent me that sent me for a two week bender this sent me those three things sent me for a two day bender which is kind of how I process things you know I'll go get fucked up for two to three days or uh, that last one was about a week that Fox one the last time that Fox one did it to me and then when the when I come out on the other side um so much time has passed that I don't care anymore like right now, I don't 100% care anymore. I still think it's just so unlucky. I mean, honestly, it's just my ego. It's just my ego saying that I deserve these things. There's no there's no rule that says I should actually deserve these things. I mean, a man did suck my dick in front of fucking industry and agents and say, yeah, I was the best and say I was going to be a fucking huge. And then he said the goddamn N-word and I didn't get it. So, yeah, that was a really... Um, Rough thing, especially to have to save face in front of a bunch of comics I respect that I have on the show, and then to go do a set. Um, I was a stone cold kick in the dick, and it wasn't that I was angry. It was that I was um, heartbroken. Heartbroken would have been um, the feeling I would have described it. Uh, it didn't. It didn't. It didn't come with rage. It was is a. It was, a pss, it was something in the pit of my stomach that hurt. That night in the heart, it just made me feel sick. But it's just your ego. You know, it's just my ego saying, I deserve this. I deserve this job. I deserve to be starting on a football team. I deserve this. I deserve that. I deserve this. And yeah, your ego can help you out. But this one didn't help me out. And you know what's the funniest thing is like, let's say I get it next year or the year after that. You... you the, the way I see it is in the ways for me, which is sad. I don't know if it's sad, but it's every time I don't give a fuck about something is when I end up getting it. So I bet I get JFL when, if I get it, when I don't care anymore, which is about right now. And the real thing is I just don't want to have to go through the fucking, I do the thing and then I got to wait two months again. That's the thing. It's like if I would do it, go up after, and then I find out it would have been that bad. But, um... Yeah, just been a lot of L's I've been taking recently, but you know, I actually had a good thing pop up, um, which is so it's such this industry, man. It's, it's why you're in LA. It's why you come here and don't stay in your little town or 
Not not if you're doing stand up. If you have a normal life, don't fucking come to the city. It's on fire and there's homeless people everywhere and trash is burning. But if you're doing stand up, uh, at some point you're gonna have to come here, or you probably aren't gonna make it because look around. There's just not that many people that it really worked out for unless you have the crazy um, work ethic and you mainly do shit on the internet. That'd be the only way you can make it from your city. Stop lying to yourself. Um, if you're a stand up comic, if you're a normal person, yeah, live in fucking bum fucking nowhere. I would go to Montana honestly if I could. If I could make money and then have a family in Montana, I would do that. But I can't. <clears throat> yeah, so I did that and then. Um, yeah, so remember when I talked to you guys last week about Eliza Schlesinger, about how I did that show at Tom Bergen's, the bar that was, um, the bar that was, uh, Cheers is based off of, and how I had a great set, and then she came up and gave me tags and stuff, and how I used to say she was kind of rude. Well, the shit that happens in LA is then she got this deal with 800 Pound Gorilla Records, which, uh, is a good record company. For stand-up, they do a lot of people. They're very very uh, notable. And she is doing a thing that if you've seen on um, Netflix is She Ready. The uh, Tiffany Hash's She Ready, where she, she hosts and has like six of her friends come up. Well, Eliza's doing that, and she chose me. Uh, one of like ten L.A. comics that she thinks deserves a spotlight. Um, they're going to try and sell it to a network. I don't know who it's going to go to. I don't know if we'll go to anyone. Maybe it'll just go to radio. I don't know. Um, maybe it'll go on uh, Amazon. I don't know. She's got a pretty big name, and she's got a a deal with Netflix. So could turn into something. Um, yeah, so I get that. So that'll be pretty cool. I mean, it's definitely a consolation prize, but it's just so interesting how you can see how things come together, you know? I did that show on a random day. Didn't think anyone would matter. Now I'm. Who knows what's going to happen with this spot? It's definitely going to be a money spot because uh, the money up front's not great. But if it gets sold, I get a back end on that. And if it goes to radio, honestly, I'm really look. I'm really trying to get on fucking Sirius and Pandora and Spotify. That would be my real ones because you make a cool amount of money on those. You make a couple of, like. Maybe a thousand, two thousand a month on those if your shit really gets played a lot. So that would be a nice little passive income. So it's definitely a consolation prize, but not too bad. You know, I want to thank Eliza for even throwing my name out, and that's kind of the reason you move this Cali. No, no, not right now. I already fed you fucking. I feed this cat tuna and crab. There's this new cat brand called Revel Reveal. I mean, this shit looks a fire, bro. Like, the one I fed her today is salmon and crab. And it's not like some mushed-up pate. It's a fu- <laughs> it's fucking canned salmon with crab in it. And it's like a hefty amount of crab. So, that's great for her. Um, this is kind of interesting news. This is going to be the last time we're recording in the studio studio. Yeah, look at that. Um, I'm moving with my girlfriend uh, into a two-bedroom, so I'm going to have a studio there. <clears throat> Which will be pretty cool. Um, and also the comedy store. So the reason this one's late is one, I'm moving the studio studio and I was supposed to move in on the 12th. So I was going to go in, set up my studio, record the podcast. But when <laughs> uh, it's just my luck lately. Um, when I got there, the place wasn't done. And when I say it wasn't done, I mean there's paper still on the ground. There's The vents were off. The door... Uh, cabinets were off on everywhere and I was supposed to move in and I had nowhere to live 
and they go, oh, must have just got lost in translation. It's like, what the fuck are you translating into, goddamn Klingon? Because ain't nobody heard this one, brother. Uh, so then I came back to the studio studio with not much going on in here. Oh, and, uh, I'm sorry, yawn. It's pretty early here. I'm trying to get everything done before I gotta move. Came back to the studio studio. Not much going on here. So I set up my TV, set up the recording equipment. Had Gary come in. Felt a little bad he had to come in here. But, um, yeah, so I'm still moving in there, but they're still working on the thing. And also... So apparently the comedy store is really getting behind what what I'm doing here. They're going to try and really do a lot of stuff with it. It's like well, I'm one of the only ones, but it's taking them a while. I don't really know. I'm not going to put any pressure on that. Um, and also the way room we were late, uh, another one, you know, I, did, I recorded that podcast with uh, David Lucas last week about um, this Prince Musa, this guy in uh, Bangladesh. That was de- It was a terrible podcast. Uh David Lucas was on his phone the whole time. <laughs> it was far too narrative. It wasn't enough information. It was just like it was. I got it from this Bangladeshi kid. That uh, nice kid, but uh, not a great paper. Not gonna lie. So that was a waste of time. And so that's why I'm a little bit behind right now. I'm normally one up. Normally I got one in the chamber. That's why this one's late. Uh, well, this guest this week, man, is we got Gary Anderson. Um, I know he sounds like a small, bald white man. He is not. He is a medium-sized, bald black man. <laughs> How do I know Gary? Um, Gary, so when I first started doing stand-up and going to San Francisco from Sacramento, San Francisco was like um, New York City. You know, I thought it was just the coolest place in the world. Sacramento's not small. We got like a mill five in the county. Who are we on a lot today? I'm sorry. I'm just kind of early. I normally don't get up at 8.30 in the morning, but I just got so much shit I got to do. Going into the big city from Shack of Potatoes. I would get there and I'd be so awed and I'd sit in the back of the SF Punchline and watch all the San Francisco comics come up. And Gary was a guy who got it. You know what I mean? You know, there's a guy at your work. There's a guy or woman anywhere you go that just seems blessed. They just seem everyone likes them. They're going, they're doing great. And I would watch him go up and I would hate him because he was getting everything I wanted. I didn't hate him, but I kind of, a lot of times, like uh, back in the day, especially when I was in Sacramento, it's kind of a thing with some people in Sacramento, I find, where they, they're, very, they're very crabs in a bucket. Um, I love Sacramento, but uh, a lot of people, I s- friends, I, not friends, actually, you know what, that's not people. The comics in Sacramento are very crabs in a bucket. Um, you know, so I was looking at him, thought I deserved the things he did, and I probably didn't. Probably wa- I probably wasn't very good at that time, and he was probably a lot better than I was. He had a bunch of great jokes he had, and um, that was that. And then he moved to L.A. before me, started opening for a bunch of people, touring the country, and then we get to L.A. And when you move to L.A., even if you weren't friends with people from your hometown, you tend to gravitate a little bit towards each other, which is interesting because you think maybe you'd try to go out and meet some new people. But you don't in the beginning. You gravitate to people you used to know or you never knew from your hometown. And so me and Gary gravitated to each other. And it was great. He's a great guy. Great friend of mine. Very hilarious comic. I book him all the time. He just had a pandemic baby. Um, he says that thing's pretty hard. He says it's, uh, it's 
doesn't sound fun to be honest with you, but I mean, I'm going to get one one day, but not for a very long time. But he just had a pandemic baby. He's a great comic. If you ever got a chance to check him out, he opens for a lot of your favorite, favorite comics. Check out his Instagram, Gary Anderson. Um, he's, how could I describe Gary? He's a very, he's a very cool dude, but he's a, he dresses like a, the weirdest black dude I've ever seen in my life. He always dressed weird. He always had kind of like a, like the sweatshirt. If he had a sweatshirt, he had one that like the neck was really tall. And he had like skinny pants that went half calf, and he like rollerblades places. But he's a good looking dude, and he's always in shape, and he was a great athlete growing up. But um, this is a good episode, man. Gary's a great guy. It was fun to record with him. Last time in the studio, studio. Gonna. Am I gonna miss this place? Um, that depends how well me and Jordan do. <laughs> if we do well, no, I don't think I'll miss this tiny little room that I lived in for three years. Um, it was good for what it was though. I'll tell you what, man, grinding in LA in the area I needed to be in, it was good. Allowed me to walk to the comedy store, but at the same time, saw my friends stabbed six times. Uh, my kitchen was in my bedroom. Um, but you know, I got Hallie here. It'll be interesting. Interesting new chapter of life. Gonna expand. How was my week last week? Show wise, how were my shows last week? Well, I did this, uh, if you ever heard of Guy and Joe Torrey, famous uh, black comics from the 90s and 2000s. I mean, they're still famous, but that's when they, like, peak. They're, like, BET guys. Um, they have a son named Cameron Torrey. Not they. Not the two brothers fucked each other. <laughs> they, it's like some, uh, what is that? There's a, Goku, there's a Dragon Ball Z character where I think Trunks and... Gohan combined in the Super Saiyan combined little fucking thing. No, they didn't do that. This guy, Cameron Torrey, is their, well, one of their sons. I don't know. They look the same, so I don't know. He's um, he's a cool kid, little interesting fella. Definitely blessed his whole life. Probably was an awful child, if I could guess. Um, his show uh, was at this place on Sunset and maybe Gower? It's a it's a black room. It's like this black hookah bar on top of uh, Roscoe's Chicken and Waffles. I always kind of thought it was interesting because it's like outdoors and it always looks popping at night and it looks like a lot of people go there. Um, I did the show. You know, I haven't performed before I have a black eye in a really long time. And I think there's a reason for that. Um, they were not a fan of me. I didn't do, actually do that bad. It was good, but it was so funny. Like, the... <laughs> The audience arrived an hour and a half late, but we started on time. So the first hour and a half of the show, um, people were just performing for, it was like an auntie and her, and her daughter and like two other people. But by the time I got up there, it was pretty packed, but then like, it was just, they they didn't give a fuck what I was saying. If I, I mean, I can do it, I can do the crap, but it's just, um, I find black audiences or even just, um, not black audiences, because that's not right. It's um, hood rat audiences, because that doesn't matter what race on that one. Just kind of like, you know, you know, like trashy white people, trashy Mexican people, trashy Asian people, any kind of like that. They don't really like set up punchline stuff. It's like, they want like a story. They want you to talk at them. They want you to say dirty jokes. I didn't really do that. I did pretty good, but... Just really wasn't my scene, so I uh, took an L on that one. It was kind of funny because I actually started in black rooms in Sacramento. That was one of the only rooms I knew had mics and shows. There used to be one called Nutty Mondays. 
in the Heights in Sacramento, and I would do that one with my girlfriend at the time. We'd eat these grilled oysters. They're like two bucks for a grilled oyster. We'd get like 30 of them, and then we'd fucking drink, and I'd go bomb in front of a full audience of this ghetto-ass audience. And the reason I didn't want to say black is because it's it's just like just normal people. Like I would say, most of my my judging on stuff now is more socioeconomic and culturally than rather race. Because I think if you just have like two people that are doesn't matter what the race are, but they're just kind of hood rat, they're going to be a lot closer than two people that are same race, but one person's extremely rich and one person's poor. You know what I mean? But this was a ghetto ass black audience that I used to do, and then I would go to there's one called T- Touch a Class on Sundays. I would go to. Bawl my dick off. There's that place was wild, man. The one in Sacramento. Oh man, that shit was wild. <laughs> there was like pimps and hoes, obvious pimps and hoes. Um, I remember I was in the bathroom pissing next to this dude one time, and he's on the phone, phone in one hand, dick in the other hand, never stops pissing, and he's just yelling, "You better get that motherfucker. If I see you and you haven't got that motherfucker, it's your fucking head." It's your fucking. He looks at me. He goes, "Hey, good set, man. I'll fucking get you. It's on you, motherfucker." Those are fun times. They were fun. I mean, I didn't know I was bombing because I didn't know what doing good was. You know, this is year, first year in the stand-up, and then I found out the the comedy page in Sacramento that gave all the lists of other open mics. And then I started going to those, and I went to a coffee shop, and I was like, "Oh shit!" Everyone just shuts the fuck up and stares at you in this one. But you can't be weird or say anything um, kind of against the norm. And then I went to comedy club with the mics and I was like, oh, this is what I want. I can say anything and be anything I want to be. This is what I want. And then that's how I explored everything and did what I did. Okay, that's about 22 minutes into this thing. Oh, and then I went to the improv, Hollywood Improv, and did a show for children. That was wild. I got a decent amount of money for it. And they're like, you wanted to show for children. I go, okay, sure. I'll do it. I'll do it. I'll do it for the kids. So what this is, is upper class Jews. <laughs> I mean, it feels weird when I say Jews. But upper class Jewish kids from the Northeast. You know, I think it's a big thing for them to go to camps. You know, I've seen in movies. Well, this camp is a bus that they take across the country and see all the coolest shit in the world. And then they end up, or they one of their trips is they go to the Hollywood Improv in West Hollywood, California. And they watch a comedy show. And then they go to somewhere else and do all this crazy shit. So I know you're thinking, like, oh, that's kind of fun. To pr- that's kind of fun thing to do. Um, well, one, they t- <laughs> the booker of this thing, they go, go as hard as you want to. So in um in comedy when someone says go as hard as you want to, what that means is you can say anything you want. They actually kind of want you to be like be dirty or say things you're not supposed to. But these are like twelve year old kids, so I was like, yeah, sure, man, I'll just kind of do my normal set. The guy who's hosting is a guy named Stephen Kramer Glickman. He was on some show called Big Rush or some shit, some some Disney Channel show. Where he was some goofy guy, some fat guy. He's hosting it. Uh, he goes up there. Justin Bieber. These kids freak the fuck out. <laughs> I mean, it'd be, I guess it would be like if Tommy Pickles was hosting a show. I'd be like, God damn, is that Tommy Pickles from Rugrats? Holy shit, I didn't think he was real. 
So these kids freak out. And then he just starts going, calling them gay, calling them fuck, who's fingering who. He's just saying crazy shit. And then I go up there, and um, they just want you to talk to them. Everyone who's ever done the show has said it's been amazing. But this was the, this was the day I was coming out of the bender. I was still pretty out of it. Um, and I just wanted to power through some material. And I did completely. I would say like a 5 out of 10, 6 out of 10. So if I had to choose an old ghetto black audience over the children, toss up. I think I'm going to pass on both of them. Um, but that was actually a fun night. Um, after that, we went on a date with my girlfriend to celebrate her new job and the ending of the Pomona one. She got hired at hired at Cedars in L.A., which is a best hospital in California, top five in America. So we went out to this vegan restaurant called Crossroads. It's like a fancy vegan restaurant. It's fire. I mean, you wouldn't even know it's vegan because I mean, I mean, it's an expensive place. And they had this lasagna that was insane. They had this. I got an all meat pizza. None of it was meat. Couldn't tell the difference. Fire. Had these f- deep fried um, zucchini flowers filled with cheese. With cheese is vegan. Had no idea. Couldn't tell. It was great. It's like her favorite place because she's vegetarian. Went there and then I had a spot at the comedy store late at night. I was super wasted for that one, but I did pretty good. This guy I don't really care for super much. Went up right after me after I crushed and he bombed. So that felt good too. That was my week last week. Uh, oh, did I say the thing about all the moving thing? Yeah, I did. So that was it. So what to say, what to do, you know, it's all going to be fine. I got this podcast. You guys are great. I've still got some store spots. Tonight I get to go to the comedy store and see Bert for the first time in God damn, what month is it? Seven, eight, eight months almost? Shit, man. I miss that guy. I get to see Bert. I'm going to see Dave Williamson. I'm going to see Andrew. I'm going to see Jesus. I'm going to see Ron, the bus driver. We're all going to link up tonight, so that's going to be fun. It's going to just see all the boys again. Um, thank you guys for listening. You know, uh, This episode is a Dr. Joe Hoffswell, 18th Street game. He did a super, super great job on this one. This one's almost... 25 30 pages we're gonna break it up into two we're gonna do this one is the american 18th street gang and the next one we're gonna go into the south american one and that one is buck fucking wild bro because we really fucked them up shout out to joe we've had this one on the back burner for a while i was saving it for a super big guest but um i mean gary's great but uh I'm still in this tiny ass studio and I needed to get an episode because the David Lucas one turned out to be dog shit. So we did this one and I still got another half we'll do next week and then I'll probably got this. I'm trying to get uh, Bert in to do the uh, Serbian gang one. That one's going to be sick. Um, but otherwise, hey, we still got some more shirts. The shirts are actually doing pretty well. Thank you guys for buying them. Um, we got the World on Drug shirt. I wore it on something. I'll wear it on one of these videos next time. Um, just so if you want one, send me your size and address to on Venmo or Cash App. My name on uh, Venmo is at Stephen-Fury, S-T-E-P-H-E-N-Fury on, on Cash App. Not 100% sure, to be honest with you. It's like a money sign, then probably my name. I don't know. If you really want a shirt, Venmo me. You got it. Like, share, subscribe in the podcast. Comment. Please comment. If you like this episode or you like this stuff, you know, hook it up. Send some friends over. Um, otherwise, guys, the show is, this episode's really good. A lot of great information. It's all about the 18 straight gang. You're going to see, you're going to start noticing a lot more of their tags everywhere and how they've infected, not infected, well, infected the whole fucking world.
And it's mainly because of our U.S. government. What? It's true. It's true. LAPD fucked up again. Thank you guys for checking it out. I miss you. The world's going to be good. Everything's getting better, guys. We're coming back. COVID spiking. I know five people just got COVID again. One guy got the vaccinated. So stay safe. Keep listening. Enjoy the podcast. 18th Street Gang, World on Drugs, with me, Steve Fury, and Gary Anderson. Bye. What up, Gary Anderson? Good to see you, buddy. Likewise. Oh, man, you, you took so long. I was like, did I get his <laughs> name wrong? <laughs> did I fuck up on something? What did I, I fuck like, up on? Holy shit, did I not? Did I forget Gary's goddamn name? It's good to see you, man. It's been a while. Yeah, man, it's uh, probably 16 months. Yeah, it's been a while. So it might be it might be a little awkward. It might be a, it might take us a minute to kind of get, get, get our footing. Yeah. <laughs> Chemistry get back? Used to, yeah, get used to talking to each other. Like <laughs> It's like Regis and Kelly. Like, yeah, you just got to look at each other for a minute. Like, all right, well, we see got, what you've been doing. Little, yeah, yeah, not much, Steve. <laughs> <laughs> Steve hasn't doing much. You've been doing. Been eating. You got one haircut the entire time. Yeah. Oh, I had a, I was shaving my, I lost my mind so much. I shaved my head a couple times. Oh, where? Girlfriend. Real shit? Mind. Yeah. And you got a weird shaved head, too, to do that. It's not great. It's yeah, large. It's, and it's long. long. Yeah. yeah. It's thin, long. You more want like an oval head, or not an oval head. Like a round, more round. A round head. Yeah. yeah. It's not great. And then I was shaving it myself, and then she hated it. But then once the, once the fade comes in, when I got kind of like a, well, like a boosie fade, yeah. or like just like kind yeah. of more squared out, that looks mm-hmm. a lot better. That comes together. Put it together right. Yeah. Um, okay, buddy. I'm going to teach you about the eight. We're going to talk about the 18th Street Gang. Um, it is a gang that started in L.A., and it's probably one of the worst gangs in the Worse world. in terms of what? Like, they're doing bad? Like, their numbers aren't good? Their number... Yeah. <laughs> like, they're just terrible. The enrollment. They're, they're the circuit city of gangs. <laughs> they're just... They're falling oh, out like, violent. Um, violent, and they're just kind of taking over. I mean, they control, like, most of El Salvador. So we'll probably do a little double double ep on this one. Okay. So you can do the first one. I'll do the El Salvadoran one with somebody else. Because it, it would probably be, like, a four- or five-hour podcast. That's how much information we have on these guys. Damn. How much? How much do the ops have on them? The ops, dude. <laughs> they probably don't know. We don't know anything. This yeah, is no. new. <laughs> John Wikipedia in them. They're listening to this right now. All the ops <laughs> are listening to this. Actually, the fucking LAPD. These guys are what kind of? Uh... Put them on the map. Yeah, this this put LAPDs at going against gangs and set up all the gang task force were for these guys. So number one, the 18th Street Gang uh, started due to Clan Four Street Gang. Not allowing anyone to join their game unless they were Mexicans. Mm. So interesting. This area is in the Pico part of LA, kind of like a little by Washington, Washington, and like San Vicente. I think it's Washington, San Vicente to like USC, that whole area. Okay, Okay. I used to live over there. Yeah, I used to live over there too. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. Little El Salvador. That's why it's called Little El Salvador. Really? These guys are, yeah, it's a big El Salvadorian game. I didn't notice that. Mm hmm. 18th Street branched out to allow Central American immigrants to join as well as whites, blacks who wanted to join the gang. Very woke, you know? That's, I like that. That's weird, though. It is weird. <laughs> like, for you to start a gang <laughs> just, just so you could have everybody yeah. else in. <laughs> no, but just like the open, like an open door policy. Like, yeah, okay, we'll take every, every yeah. to be so restricted. And yeah. then all of a sudden, like, no, well, whites, well, blacks, whoever. Yeah, whoever. Well, see, that's the thing. They, they wanted to be in 14th Street, but they're, the guy who ran them, so this had 18th Street and Cannon Street bitter rivals since the formation of oh, 18th Street. Oh, okay, I got you. Clanton didn't respect 18th Street because their original lead, leader, a guy named Rocky Lee Glover, was not Mexican-American. So, mm. like, Rocky was just like, okay, I'm going to start a gang simply for diversity. Right, because he wasn't allowed. Had he been allowed, 
you wouldn't have cared. Yeah. What was he? Um, I think I mean if I had to guess, Rocky Lee Glover. Yeah, he sounds like a white dude. Yeah, real white guy. I said a black guy. You think it's a black guy named Rocky Lee Glover? Uh, Glover. I guess yeah. you honestly, Fuck. if you split this with Rocky Lee, that sounds white. Lee yeah. Glover, that sounds black. Yeah, but so, Rocky Glover sounds Italian. Yeah. <laughs> so this guy, he probably was so diverse. <laughs> yeah, in, the, just, in, uh, in his identity, in his own identity. Yeah, he was like. We got to open it, especially guys who are half Italian. Yeah, I want to know what other gangs he tried to join before he was rejected from. <laughs> He's like, yo, this is the third gang who's yeah, rejected. We got to start our own thing. They're not going to get us in here. H Street, Teenth Street was officially formed in 1965 in the Pico Union era of Los Angeles. The formation of this gang was originally meant to be a clique of Canton, uh, for Clan 14th Street. A clique is just, you know, a small couple group. people. Yeah, a couple people, yeah. yeah. And then they start and create their own gang, but they're kind of just on their own. Called Clanton 18th Street. I cannot talk. I don't know what's going on. This might be a rough episode. Formation was due to neighborhoods becoming separated by freeway constructions during the mid 60s. Imagine that, dude. Like, mm. gangs got started because a freeway went through your yard. That makes sense. It does. I mean, yeah, well, is it is it above above ground? Yeah, LA don't uh, got no basement ones. Uh yeah. I mean, that's that's the way you did shit back in the day, you know. It's simple. Keep it keep it simple. You yeah, don't want to fucking yeah draw the lines and like weird yeah angles. You know, yeah. straight straight lines. You're not gonna go on like Google Maps and be like, okay, we got from the Chick Fil A to here. Back then, you were yeah. like, I got the freeway to the other freeway. And then that, and then you motherfuckers take the other shit. Yeah, you take yeah, the other thing. Yeah, I'm probably not gonna leave this area anyway because I probably don't have a car and I'm probably pretty poor. But uh, there's so many goddamn gangs. Yeah, especially in L. A. It's pretty crazy. These guys are really bad. Territory like, is like weird, bro. That shit is so weird. The weirdest thing to me about the game. Like, how do you ride the bus anywhere? Because you're gonna go through so many different areas. But that's why you go. That's why you roll deep. You gotta roll deep. But like, can you imagine? Like, I got, I need ten people if I want to go to the mall. <laughs> I need ten motherfuckers to come with me cause if I want to buy these shoes because we're going through like eighteen different sets. I got a spot at the comedy store. Who's coming with me? Who's Family? coming with me? Everybody. I need everybody. But you know, I think the one thing is, you know, of all these things I read, I think back then or even now, they just don't leave their neighborhoods. Right. You just stay in your neighborhood so for const- your most of your life. So constricted, though. Like, damn. It's like, I would rather not be in a gang and get to leave my neighborhood. But, you know, we learn how they indoctrinate you a little bit. It's a little early. Mm. All right. Keep it moving. This was one of the first multi-ethnic and multi-racial gangs in the world. 18th Street quickly claimed power by allowing anyone who wanted to join entry. This started to get their numbers doubling. And they started going everywhere. 18th Street does not discriminate on membership, which is why they have so much membership across the United mm, that's States. How you do it. So here's a little quick thing on Rocky Lee Glover. He was denied entry into Clayton 14 for not being a pure Mexican-American, so he created Clayton 18th. Clayton 14 saw uh, this Four as blocks. Was, four blocks, dude. That's really it. <laughs> what was popping on 15th, 16th, and 17th that he was like, ah, ah no access there. <laughs> we gotta go. One more. Move one more down. I mean, they probably would probably just, territory. Yeah, they probably yeah. just fought over yeah. those streets. Yeah. Can you imagine pushing them up, like, just... Keep pushing the person back, 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 pushing a whole squad back. Like every day you just like walk around yeah. to go fight somebody. It's like, fucking weird. So this the cool thing is since he was so diverse with 18 straight, within a couple of years, they forced Clanton 14 out of Pico Union. Mm. And honestly, they are just gone. They're not even gang anymore. Uh, he was arrested in 1980 and charged with murder. He did not commit the murder. He did not commit the but murder. But was driver and supplied the murder weapon. So what might so I 
just edited this because I messed it up wrong. Could have not been my fault. Could have been just what I wrote. And that's not really my problem. He's currently serving a life in prison as he's distanced himself from the 18th Street gang. Mm, so he's like 24th Street now. Yeah, yeah he's been he's probably 24th <laughs> block. <laughs> Yo, what's on moms? What's one, with one, gangs two, and numbers? Do, do gangs ever? There's I, a lot of numbers in gangs. I think poor people tend to live on streets with that, numbers. Oh, shit. And it's always streets. Mm-hmm. It's never like Avenue or Boulevard. <laughs> never. Someone's like Sesame Very Boulevard. few Parkway gangs. Yeah. <laughs> 19th Parkway. <laughs> Gang fucking Boulevard. Uh, LLC. Boulevard's kind of scary. I feel like the name the Boulevard. The name Boulevard is fucking terrifying. Scary. Yeah. It, it, you don't see like Beverly Hills Boulevard. Mm, the bullies. You, yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. We're going to do here. So. I recorded this podcast and um, my computer shut down and I lost all the editing and stuff I did. So we're just going to do it right now. Gary, you're starting a mm. gang in L.A. What street neighborhood are you choosing and why? Uh, rich, rich. You're going to go rich. Okay. Riches, riches. Mm-hmm. Riches of the rich. Uh, Calabasas? Yeah. That would be a, ni- a nice gang, yeah, to, to have in Calabasas, to run the streets of Calabasas. Yeah. Just uh, uh, invoke fear on the... On the citizens of Calabasas, just fuck up all their comfort. Yeah, you definitely yeah. don't. You definitely don't need friends to drive around. You could walk in. You probably could walk in flip flops all over in Calabasas. Yeah. You're gonna find no drama whatsoever. And it's unassuming. You know, you could just be unassuming. You know, I don't. My issue with uh, it's just territory. Like people like already have have claimed most territory have been claimed. You got to yep. go to a rich area. Mm-hmm. That's all fucking uncharted waters, unclaimed territory, neutral zones. You know. But they're gonna be a lot more angry white people. So yeah. you're going to have to... We'll talk about this a little bit It's going to be passive, though. They'll be passive. Passive anger. Okay. It's California. This, this ain't fucking the South or the Midwest. Yeah, they'll smile, and then they're texting 911 right now. <laughs> All right, my gang, I would probably go... I think you could do some shit in West Hollywood and get away with it, you know? You could, like, definitely sell drugs in West Hollywood and to all, like, the homeless crazy people mm-hmm. and, like, the clubs. There's, I feel like there's a lot of money here. Mm. And I feel like... You could walk around. There's this group of guys, or guys and women in, in West Hollywood, that um, the reason there's not as many uh, crazy homeless trans drug addicts in West Hollywood that there are in Hollywood is because they push them. There's these guys who walk around in, in uh, blue Best Buy kind of like polos, but they don't say polos. They say like West Hollywood. And they just go up to homeless people here and just uh, bother them. And just annoy them because they have no power. They can't touch them until the homeless guys cross La Brea. They're just like, hey, buddy, you got to get out of here. Hey. And they're just like, do it while the guy's like sleeping. Hey, buddy. Oh, damn. Hey, 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 oh, come on, buddy. That's fucked up. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. That's <laughs> fucked up. So they just interrupt their sleep, which is interesting because like there's so much noise just in that area, period. Mm-hmm. You know, so you feel like they would. It would be sleep. white noise at that yeah, point. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you got to do a lot. Yeah. You got to say a lot of shit. You got to. Say his mother's name. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> you can't tell if it's screaming or just white noise in the background. So, some interesting. Oh, here you go. What are you gonna name your gang? Ah, uh, probably follow me. Follow me. Ooh, okay. Interesting. The follow me's. The follow me's. Okay. Mm. Okay. I'm gonna go the Sunset Boys. Uh, but then see, that's kind of uh, that's kind of uh, excluding women. Nah, put it with an I. Ah, so it's just B-O- like you know, it's like a. The boys. Yeah, it's kind of like a like a French a, fancy. Yeah, yeah bois, yeah. bois. Or I'm more thinking <laughs> like sunset bois. Sunset bois. I'm more thinking like a uh, like a Filipino kind of uh, break dancing. You know, 
Sunset Boys. Ah, okay. That kind of thing. So it can kind of uh, throw throw off the ops. Exactly. They don't know what's going on. They don't know. Sunset Boys like, does sound dancing? like an Asian game. They're like, is that the triads? Um, okay, here we go here. Here's some unique aspects about the 18th Street gang. They are believed to have over 200 different cliques in California alone. Most of them in L.A. Subsets. I know. They're fu- yeah, subsets. Well, just, I know. I hate cliques. Yeah. Like, like, no, I was just adding to that. It's like... It's always a it's always a bigger greater picture, and then there's just like, but I, I I'm I'm a part of 18th Street, but I really only fuck with yeah. you know <laughs> the Topangas, me and the Topanga boys. That's the weirdest thing. You're not. I feel like the thing that's changed in gangs so so much is like now they're like called 18th Street, but I but they fight with other 18th Street members. Right, right, because that's human. Yeah, and yeah. The, but where I feel like back in the day it was like everybody was one thing, and right. they fought against everybody. That's that's because they were fighting. For uh, for a bigger purpose. Yeah. Now when it gets like yeah trivial, you know, somebody fucked somebody's girl. Now it's like oh, now we all got beef. Now we all warring. Across the world, numbers are vary between a few hundred uh, subsets to a few thousand, and memberships about fifty to eighty thousand worldwide. Most of it is in South America and the United States. Mm. The Natural Drug Intelligence Center uh, estimates the U.S. membership at around thirty thousand. Damn, that's a lot of fucking gang members in just one gang. So the cool, the, well, I don't know about cool, but the interesting thing about these guys, and probably the reason it makes it so hard to keep them down, mm-hmm. is that there's no centralized leadership. Oh, yeah, so they're violent then. They're violent. Yeah, they're very violent. And There's a lot of inner war. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And when you, let's say, you kill the boss of a team, there's just another guy that comes mm-hmm. in. It doesn't like permeate all the way down like you killed the godfather and he only knows a couple of things. So, like I said, yep, but cliques operate independently and can fight one another over territory and other disputes. What are those other disputes? Uh, we'll go into them. <laughs> Dude, they get really mad if you call one of them gay. That's like, you gotta get, like, your face burnt. Word. Mm-hmm. Shout out so much for the diversity. Yeah. <laughs> Everyone's welcome except fucking gays. But I get one gay in 18th Street. What's it? What would be a gay, what would be a gay number? Or a gay gang? A gay gang? Hate Street? No, not hate. What's the gay street in San Francisco? It's uh, Castro. Castro. The Castro, the Castro non-binaries. Castro, yeah. <laughs> the Castro them. Yeah, the Castro thems. Oh shit! Here we go. <laughs> I gotta send. That's a new script right there. That's a fucking. The Castro, th- bro. That'd yeah. be fucking hilarious. A gay gang just terrorizing yeah. San Francisco. A non-binary <laughs> gang, and you can't get mad at them because it's a hate crime. Hold on, what are you saying? Most are concentrated in the U.S. and Central America. Yeah, but I said that a little earlier, so I just didn't want to. Okay. But it's fine. Uh, the U.S. government has actually helped the growth of 18th Street Gang. We're going to find all this out. Actually, right now, speaking of San Francisco, Boom. In, in 2003, Senator Dianne Feinstein said deportations need to be increased because roughly 80% of 18th Street's members were illegal immigrants. Uh, this is actually fake. Uh, LAPD disproved this fact and said only 10% of them are. Mm, and that's why that's why I saw that's why San Francisco hates LA. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like, then the you got up. your numbers are off. Yeah, it's like whose team are you on, <laughs> dog? But uh that's the thing. So what they start doing, we'll learn this a little later, jump ahead a little bit, is that the LAPD and the US government starts deporting these guys, um, whether they are actually immigrants or not. <laughs> right. In such large numbers that they start like starting like there's like 20 guys that they deport to like san paulo and now there's a fucking yeah. gang there that's and hilarious they do it all, everywhere and then they just take they're over they're deporting the white guys the black guys like yeah. everybody <laughs> in the chat it's like hold on nigga i live down the street <laughs> i went to the school like, ah, you going right. to, everybody's gone 
Feinstein said 80% are illegal immigrants. It's like, we're the woke one. This is Charlie Bukowski. He's a small Jewish boy from Beverly Hills. 18 Street members do not see MS-13 members as oh, people shit. and have no remorse for killing them. That's who they hate the whole time. Damn. So that's going to be a problem for most of the time, mainly in South America. Uh, MS-13 is also pretty big here, but I think, man, 18th Street is just way bigger. They're really fucking people up over here. But M- MS-13 is more known, though. They are, they're yeah. They're more popular. Yeah, and they're, they're from South America, too, which is an interesting part there. Members are required to get an 18 tattooed on them at some point to show membership. I wonder if actual members consider themselves to be, like, members. You know, do, do they walk up? I am a member. <laughs> Card-carrying member? He <laughs> yeah. pulls up his thing and yeah. does 18. His no, face. no, 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 no. I'm a member here of this <laughs> of this here establishment, established uh, no, what criminal enterprise. I wonder what it would be. What would it when these guys What do you be? say? Like, yeah, I'm, a, I'm fucking 18. I guess, yeah, you would say whatever they say. Like, yeah. or throw up your, 18th Street throw up your sign or whatever. Yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah, we're going to do that one. Okay. And then squares call you a member. <laughs> yeah. He's it, a member. One day I hope you're to be a member. You're a gang member. I hope to be a member of the 18th Street gang. Members who go to jail for the right reasons and haven't received a tattoo yet will get an 18 tattoo on them while in jail or prison. I know mm. what you're thinking. What that reminds me of The Bachelorette. You got to be there for the right reasons. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> they are. You know, they're very diverse, just like The Bachelorette. <laughs> Make sure uh, it's the right reasons, man, or else you're out of here. So their main tattoos, uh, they can be re- represented in many ways, but it's normally X8, XV111, or line, 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 or whatever the fuck the thing is. XV3 with a little three mm. underscore. Like yeah. The, the times three, I guess. So, oh, no. That's the Roman numeral and then Roman numeral five. And oh, then so it's add 18. Three, and then they're XV adding three. 18. Yeah. Oh, they're just figuring out different ways yeah. to like Ooh. Com- compute to 18. Six plus six plus six. That's is what? Four. 18. Oh, shit. And then what else is there? Nine plus nine. Hey, don't ever like make fun of their tattoos like in front of them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> wait, wait. Oh, no. six plus. Oh, so you're 18 straight. Okay. Secretive. You know, what they, you know what they missed, right? They fucking miss nine times. To, they they're, they don't do multiplication. Yeah, they, they're they not fans of, and they're not fans of uh, a subtraction either. They could have did a fucking nineteen minus one. That'd be a cool one. <laughs> yeah, I would have came up with dope ass ways to like make mine. You're just like pot. Yours is like yeah, a pie five. <laughs> <laughs> fucking yeah, the root. What's the that. root of yeah? Ooh, a root. Get in a root in there. People are like that's kind of sick. Square roots. Yeah, you just have a square root on yeah. your forehead of something. Of something. 18. Yeah, that equals go, eighteen. Go pretty high number. Members also get BEST tattooed on themselves as an acronym for Barrio 18th Street. Any tattoo you can commit to is pretty dope to me. Yeah, do you have any? No, I can't. I have commitment issues. And I'm consistent. I'm consistent about my non-committal efforts. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you have a commitment my to your say, Yeah, my folks say they have commitment issues, but then they got tattoos. Like, you committed to that? <laughs> fucking marry me, bitch. <laughs> you know, you're not going to catch me, girl. <laughs> nope. I don't got to catch, catch me slipping. I'm I consistent. <laughs> I ain't got no dog, ain't got no car, I don't live nowhere. Okay, does your gang have any tattoos, distinguishing colors or marks? Follow me. Follow me. What are they rocking? I feel like, I feel like yours would be probably pretty like funky. A, probably like a, uh, what do they got the, the fucking, uh, the, the, the ape to man sort of timeline thing? <laughs> Everybody just has that shirt <laughs> yeah, from Target from like yeah. 2005? Yeah, because okay. they're all like kind of following each other in like a, in a, in a weird like line okay. situation. Colors, colors got to be pink, bro. Unassuming. Okay, a pink, yeah, ape to man like hoodie or like t-shirt, yeah, anything. Okay, or uh, yeah, like a yeah, like a blouse. 
Something that's something that's like uh, ambiguous. Okay. You know what I mean? Just just uh, gender neutral. I like that. Some sort of gender neutral shit. Just to fu- you know, you gotta fuck. My mm-hmm. whole issue, like, if you're a part of a violent enterprise, you gotta fuck people. Like, you can't you can't be like wearing dreads and shit and just like dressing the part like because you're too easy to identify. You gotta fuck them up. We'll probably wear suits. That's what we're gonna do. We're gonna wear suits. We gotta fuck them up. Like you can't let people you know get on your uh, your tail that easily. That is what I always said, and that's why when I was used to sell drugs, I would dress in like seven jeans and like a Lacoste hoodie. Because it's like, if I don't want people to know I play football, I'm not going to wear a football helmet exactly. around. Exactly. So like people like, I mean, obviously you know, people are racist and they're still. Yeah, I mean stereotypes. Is yeah, racist. stereotypes. But it's like, yeah. don't dress in the stereotype that you don't want to be. But then maybe you shouldn't be stereotyped at all. But, but then yeah, because it it goes on on both ends. Because then like, if you if you do sell dope. And you're not dressed the part of a of a drug dealer. People don't think you're an op. You True. know what I'm saying? If you're trying to, if you out there, if you out there on the streets on the front lines, it's like a big mustache. Yeah, like yeah, yeah. They're fucking yeah. They're like, ah, look at this. Ah, you almost got me, copper. <laughs> um. Okay, I'm gonna go. What's my gang? So we're the Sunset Boys. Mm-hmm. Tattoo. We're gonna go face tattoo. Palm tree face tattoo. Nice. Cause you know. It's in West Hollywood, so like face tattoos are kind of gonna be fine. No one's, I don't think, gonna do that much. Okay, initiation and rules. In order to join the 18th Street Gang, you need to let the other members of the group, click, subset, whatever you're in, you are trying to join, beat you as hard as they can for 18 seconds. Ah, uh, okay, not that's bad. consistent. Yeah, that's like everywhere. I feel like. And then after, yeah, and then after fucking like seven seconds, like God damn, I should have joined the Seventh Street. Gang. Yeah, <laughs> what happened to Fourteenth Street? Clayton was a lot of. So fucking be over. Yeah, what's the one that only lets in Mexicans? I want to try that one out again. <laughs> After being initiated, physical punishment is only used for rule breaking. Most clicks will beat a rule breaker for 18 seconds, just like the initiation. Physical punishments include more beating and scarification of the face. That's mm. uh, fucked up. Beatings are 18 seconds for minor offenses, like calling a fellow click member gay or insulting them in any way or having a petty fight over something meaningless. Beatings of 36 seconds Ooh, are given out for severe rule breaks. 18 times 2? Yeah, there's like once again. <laughs> or just 18 plus 18. 18 if I know their math 18, from yeah. now. Yeah, because they don't like multiplication. No, That's no right. Mexican, there's, no, uh, oh, so messing, there's no multiplication in there. Well, okay. Yeah, I guess it's. Uh, I guess all you need is addition and subtraction. I mean, yeah. I mean, it, you, as long as you got time. Right. And. I don't want to stereotype gang members, but they usually they usually have quite a bit of time. Yeah. Add and subtract <laughs> a couple times. <laughs> Add it four times, buddy. What is your for the uh um Damn. So follow me boys in their yeah. pink suits with blouses and Dang. an eight to man kind of backpack thing going Dang. on? What's your initiation? Initiation Alabaster. Damn. Well Initiation, you gotta get Okay, something that, something that's okay. You gotta, you gotta, you gotta post something. I'm gonna turn on the AC. It's hot as fuck here. Oh yeah, do your thing. You gotta post something on uh on social media, <laughs> right? You gotta post something on social media that you put like all the effort, all of your time, all of your passion into, right? And then uh you gotta read the negative comments. On that thing. 
You got to like read them over and over again. You got to read them 18 times. The negative comments from for something that you put all of your energy and effort into. <laughs> and then if you don't like cry, you're in the game. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, and if you could just take that I love that, man, because I feel like, you know, in the interview process for your gang, because I can only guess you have an interview process if you got suits. You're like, hey, we're also, you know, doing a lot of like upward movement and we really want to help you reach your dreams. What do you enjoy? And the guy's like, I'm not going to lie. I have like a poetry book I've been working on. Yeah. And you're like, oh, you're going to do well in here. <laughs> you go, we, yeah, we're going to uh, we're going to publish that. Yeah. <laughs> your innermost <laughs> thoughts and secrets and vulnerabilities and let the world see and comment on it. I want to put this on fucking 4chan. Get ready <laughs> and watch go. you crumble. <laughs> All right. Uh, mine, I'm going to go initiation process. I'm going to go. I'm going to go, I need your mother's maiden name, social security number, credit cards, stuff like that. And that's how we kind of start the gang process because um, cause it's going to help me uh, later with how your gang makes money. Okay. So, so you got to give them that information. Yeah, you're going to give me all your like oh. stuff like that. So but that's kind of an adventure though. Yeah. So they got to they gotta get it. No, 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 no. You just got to give me your social security number, yours, personal. Uh, oh, okay. Your mother's maiden name. Oh, okay. House, all that kind of shit. So then I can control you completely monetary-wise. And you don't really care because you're probably just some weird little fucking yeah. shitty kid. With yeah, remind, mind you, we are talking about like, you know, 13, 14-year-olds. Because <laughs> that's when... The, it's so funny to hear like, you know, the way the public views gangs. Yeah. When in reality, these are really like 13, 14-year-old yeah. kids to start. You really know? terrible 14-year-old kids. <laughs> Still scary. I've seen some 14-year-old oh, no. kids. I've been those real are, terrified. Those are kids who have something to prove. Yeah. They're fucking, yeah. They're not the ones you're going uh, yeah. So you're initially... Okay, so yours is social media. Mine is um, uh, background... Info. Okay, cool. So the beatings are uh, members who are sent to prison f due to drug use or any criminal offense that is deemed selfish or unhelpful to the gang are given an 18 second or 36 second beating by the members in the prison. There's going to be a lot of prison stuff in this gang because okay. it is very big. Because they get captured a lot. They, there's a lot of them. <laughs> they get captured a lot. Uh, the cops are just like, find anyone with small math all tattooed Jesus, on their body. Yeah. <laughs> Um, which 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 is hilarious because uh, my nephews, uh, they're not like gang affiliated, very loosely like mm -hmm. associated in a very loose uh, gathering of of, of, of criminal yeah. like like minded people yeah. <laughs> who want to commit crimes and get over. So but every bro, every day or every other day, like on social media, you see so many posts of like, uh, you know, free my nigga Tave, free free free, you know. Free my nigga killer. He didn't do that shit. It was like, well, what was he uh, convicted of? Murder? Yeah. Oh, okay. Killer was convicted of murder. All right. You know, I'm like, and at one point I was like, bro, y'all got to like, y'all got to either like quit the game or like find better criminals because y'all just not good. Like your, your, your circle is just not good at committing crimes. You got to find a different group, bro, because they're not they are I see like 15 free my niggas a day. <laughs> it's like, bro. How many you got left? Yeah, y'all got to find something else to do, man. All of your friends are, are being uh, apprehended. Also, this is what I've always thought. Give your buddy, you know, a better nickname. Like, let's say, like, you know, Lil Murder, Dan, whatever, Patowski mm. goes to court for murder. And they're like, your nickname is Lil Murder. But if he was like, Sweet Boy Steve exactly. is in jail for robbing old women. You're like, I mean, this guy is. <laughs> 
That's not in his personality. That's not, that's <laughs> not people like Steve, I know. Because <laughs> you know what's fucked up? Because usually when you go through the corporate scene, it's like their, their mother's there, your mm-hmm. family is there, because they're usually the only ones who supporting you and shit. And I got to sit through people calling you like little murder yeah. fucking 350,000 t- times guy. while they talk about how you decapitated a man's head like in front of his <laughs> small children. It's <laughs> like, not sweet boy, Steve. And it's like, no, nah, see, murder would never do that. No, nah, he would. Yes, he would. He would. Yeah. No, but you know. It's hard to say murder wouldn't have murdered that guy. Right. In El Salvador, prisons specifically are divided by gangs to prevent murder from taking place in their prison system. So we're going to keep going back to El Salvador. But like, it's like if all of Folsom prison was dedicated to 18th Street and then like fucking Pelican Bay was. I love it. That makes sense. But then, damn, that's That's a lot of gang members. It's a lot of gang members. And it makes it like, oh, this is just like home. You know, it makes it 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 makes it less prisony, if that's a word. Yeah, if, if I got, like, butt-raped by someone in my own gang, I'd be like, come on, buddy. I thought we had a Yeah, thing but I always wonder, too, and it, specifically, like, how it's in El Salvador, places that are kind of, like, more homogenous, like, race-wise. Mm-hmm. Like, I, like, how do you... Div- what's your division? You know what yeah. I mean? Like, how do you divide shit? Like, For how do you us, hate someone based off sight yeah, automatically? It's fucking weird, you know? <laughs> Which is, like, it's weird going, like, outside of the country and seeing, like, okay, so what's, like... What are y'all... What are y'all issues? What's your conflict? So yeah, to to have a jail uh, sort of divided based on based on gang, that makes sense to me. Yeah, another you know in America we're like when we see someone different we hate them, and then we go to another country and like well, if you don't have anyone different, how do they hate them? They're like their personalities. Yeah, human oh. beings. We don't, oh, oh, that's, that's oh, to, honest. Interesting. That's weird. Oh, okay. They're, they're fucking uh, religious beliefs, oh, that's which kind of feels corny though. Yeah. Like, isn't it? It seems I don't know. That seems corny to me. Uh, I don't. Yeah, I, got I hate you because what you that. believe in. Yeah. I believe in a lot of weird shit. Gang members in El Salvador call the prisons a school system that indoctrinates members into the rules of the gang and doles out punishment for crimes that were committed that did not benefit the gang in any way. So this is kind of in El Salvador. That's why these guys are taking over the whole country. Um, They're just learning how to do shit, man. Yeah. The most egregious rule breaks are punished with murder. Murder. Yeah. I would rebrand that as sacrifice. (laughs) (laughs) You must sacrifice your life. It's not like we're going to kill you now. It's like you have to make the ultimate sacrifice. I think there should be like 50 levels. You know, in the beginning, it's 18 seconds, 36 seconds, Mm -hmm. then like 44, 54, and then you go up to like 37-minute beatings. Oh, shit. And then if you can live. Which is hilarious because if you like, what if he gets knocked unconscious at like three seconds and then, you know, the... The sergeant or the lead <laughs> is like keep beating him. It's like, but he's unconscious. Like, hey man, he's got fucking fifteen more seconds to go. I think you still beat him. To you me, still beat him. I, well, I would still beat him. What is somebody you like though? Do you like hit him softer? Do you give him like? Oh, here we go. That softer was, licks. That's a great one right now. Ever been hazed or went through some weird initiation process? Mm. Uh, I'm gonna say offhand, probably not. Mm-hmm. I don't think so. Weird initiation. I was never into a big one either. At the comedy yeah. store, when you first become a door guy, you have to have three double shots of uh, wild turkey on your first night. That's not that bad. That's not bad. It's just, I mean, yeah, other people like, like fraternities, there's like, you've ever, you know what, you ever heard of the band Limp Biscuit? Yeah. Do you know what that means? Like Limp Dick? No, no, no. So Limp Biscuit is a thing from fraternities. Where all the brothers will come on one on one uh, saltine, and then the new guys got to eat. What? Nah, dude. White people when it gets all dudes and they're rich, they get really yeah. gay and weird. What? Yeah. Which is which is uh kind of overkill on the 
on the sodium, bro. Like <laughs> the saltine crackers are Can we get a weight then in here? <laughs> What's with all the salt? <laughs> if I see a Ritz, I'm going to throw up. <laughs> let me get a God damn, let me get a graham cracker, bro. Or just ma- yeah, what if you did it something and you like and you like won that challenge? You get to choose your own like Cracker. base for your for the come like pita. <laughs> yeah, pita chip probably. <laughs> I would yeah, I would choose a, a Reese's peanut butter cup. I don't even want to think about what I eat come off of. That's weird. I tell you what, you know what it would if they, if they came on a saltine, it would ruin clam chowder for the rest of your life. Ah, uh, you'd be like, get that shit out of here. Looks like cum. Also, saltine cracker. Is that a, that's real shit? Yeah, man. Rich fraternity white people get weirdly Which homosexual. Probably in essence is like harmless. It's probably like it's not you know, it's not uh, it's not gonna fuck up your health. No, but it's a lot like it's a lot like I mean it's a lot smaller than it, but it's like someone who's molested as a child then goes on to molest people most of the mm-hmm. time, some of the time, and then this the fraternity thing is the same thing. It's like they are going to do this to you because it makes it they someone did it to them. Yeah. Damn. You must respect fellow click members. Oh, this is in the prison El Salvador, so we kind of okay. mix these up. Little Salvador rules are a lot uh, different, as you know. Up in America, you don't have to give a fuck about the other people. I mean, when you're in prison, you have to. Yeah. But down there, you don't. You never need a. You never back down from a fight, or if anyone's ever watching. If no one's watching, they can't really get you. Never rat on any members. Don't take out orders from anyone outside of your immediate click. In LA, a normal recruitment tactic is to target middle school kids on the fringes. Scare them, then act as a protector to entice them to join the gang for protection. Let me just one more. Member members often immediately introduce their children to the gang and begin grooming them for membership. Gary, how are you finding new members? Oh, how am I finding new members? Damn. Uh, Whole Foods, okay. Whole Foods, Trader Joe's. You know, my my gang consists mostly of uh of uh. White middle aged women, stay at home wives. Yeah. Okay. Well, not middle aged. I'm gonna say like early twenties, okay. kind of in their child rearing years. So, um, I'm gonna entice them with 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 follows. You know, oh, I you can, can get, blow up their social. I, I, yeah. <laughs> we can get your followers up. I can get your blue check, know, bitch, yeah. right now. What you want? Come here, girl. It's, yeah. You want to get verified? Yeah. <laughs> That'd be a funny thing to say to a girl right before. Right before coitus, you want to get verified. Oh, uh, like you're just so famous that you're just like, yeah, just fucking I, you. I will you get verified? you verified. Yeah, just empty promises. Um, yeah, okay, childbearing years, I like that. So you got a bunch of, you know, middle twenties women in pink suits with a man <laughs> evolving <laughs> from an ape. <laughs> Walking around Calabasas. I mean, this, this is, is yeah, man. Like, this is extravagant. It is weird, it's for sure. Weird. That's how cults start. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I think this is more along the cults yeah. than gangs. So my sunset boys face tattoo. Um, what people are we targeting? The weak. You know, I've I've thought of this a bunch, and I think I'm gonna go to cyber crimes. Go to like some car, some boards, some like chat boards some on the Reddit, some Reddit things. Kind of get these guys in, try to build some cor- some kind of like uh, cryptocurrency gang that has a lot of money from that, and then we do shit like that. They're the made- sunset, the sunset boys, boss. What up, boah? Major Boise. clicks. Los Angeles Pico Union. That's the first original. North Hollywood. There you go. Hey. You can join if you want. The Southwest, Wilshire, East L.A., Southwest L.A., MacArthur Park, terrifying area. 
Philadelphia, New York City, Virginia, Washington, D.C., and Maryland. What's up? Uh, uh, baby. That's uh, fucking adorable. Know, look at this guy. <laughs> These are two look, homies dolls. It looks so adorable, though, right? It's fucking cute. Oh, man, in his suit. Come it look, That just looks like a child I can save, you know? These like, look like, I mean, if they are pink suits, <laughs> they look like your members. Yeah, exactly. It looks like somebody, oh, he just needs a talking to. <laughs> look at though. He's got like a dress shirt with dress yeah. shoes. I wish gang members were at like a funeral, this. maybe. Oh, was he? Oh, I thought he might have been uh, handicapped. <laughs> no, he's just like signing oh, he just with kinda, his whole oh, body. He's, he's just learning how to sign. That's all good. This is a mural in L.A. Somehow beats uh, 18th territory, which I don't really get because it doesn't say 18 anymore. But yeah. it's a Vice article we looked up. So this is uh, an 18th Strand men- member who writes the uh, dead enemies on his arm after he kills them. Oh, how many he got on there? He uh, tatted like though. 12? This what? guy's in South America, though. Oh, he's in South America? Yeah, they're crazy. You won't be able to do that shit here. Mm-hmm. Come here with that shit. Killing <laughs> killing 12 motherfuckers and tattooing it. That's the thing. You know, I've always thought about this, too. Is It's oh. like... But what, 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 okay, so, like, what if he's, like, in a high-speed chase with a dude, he's chasing him down, and a guy gets into an accident, and, like, his car, like, blows up? Does that count as a kill? <laughs> I would do, like, a dots, like, three <laughs> dots like, in a row. Yeah. It's like a kind of, is, is it a half kill? What is that? What does that mean? You cause it, but it's like you didn't you didn't go in there and, uh, you know, get into the gore. That's an interesting one. Yeah, if, like, your parents have a heart attack, you're like, yeah. well, I have been feeding you yeah. those pizzas for the last 20 years. The slow death. Uh, so these are some of their activities and crimes in L.A. and across the United States. It is estimated that there are over 200 independent cliques in L.A. 18th Street combined with MS-13 are responsible for the laws that allow LAPD to target groups of men larger than three in known gang oh, spots of L.A. I don't know. That was a thing. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. No, that's a... Uh, uh, oh, I, I know It's kind name. of an extension of that. Uh, the, the New York one. Yeah. Well, this is... I mean, it's just... If Stop anybody. and frisk or whatever? Yeah, no, you can't yeah. stop and... Fr- I mean, you could do stop and frisk. Stop and frisk, you can just you used to be able to stop anyone and frisk them. Damn. This one, you have to be dudes hanging out in a gang area. Normally, one guy has to be affiliated. Gang growth was so rapid in the 1980s that L.A. Police Chief Daryl F. Gates created the Community Resource Against Street Hoodlums, a.k.a. Crash Unit. My question for this, do you think cops come up with the word first and then try to make it make sense after, or do they go Community Resources Against Street Hoodlums? And they go, oh, that's Crash. <laughs> I'm stuck on hoodlums. It's like, yeah, yeah, uh, yeah, uh, yeah. Uh, hold on, wait. Uh, created the community resources. Okay, so that's that's a like a, a nonprofit sort of a community outreach program, right? Is that what that is, or is that just a, a no, no, no? Divi- oh, that's are, a division this of is the, the division of the police. Oh, are going to okay. be extremely racist against. Yeah, it sounds Mexicans like it. and El Salvadorians, and we're going to see some okay. crazy shit. Right, I'm next. Hoodlum, hood, the word hoodlum is like just triggering for me. I'd have thought of all right, but if it's a police unit, then that you you can name whatever the fuck you want. Well, I bet you start at the community resources against street hoodlums, and after a while, you go up to the community resources against gangs. Uh-huh. So that's also we've all always heard about the crusades. Right, we don't know what that word, what hoodlum meant back then. Yeah, it's probably it a lot bigger. Than yeah, insult. yeah, it's probably a lot bigger. Yeah, it's probably yeah, right now. Yeah, you know, like right. back in the day when you'd be like, you're yellow belly. Exactly. Like, I'll fucking kill you. Yeah, and I don't know what that means now. Like I just I just coward. recently found out that Eskimo is offensive. So, I guess. What about Eskimo Airlines? Is that a thing anymore? Eskimo Airlines. Maybe. I know there's a there was there's a, an Eskimo on it. There's right? an ice bar. I mean, an ice cream bar. Eskimo. Oh, Eskimo yeah. pie. Eskimo but pie that's no more anymore. I think it, I think it's something. I think they uh, you know, 
don't That's know. That's what Ben Rice, or Ben's Rice and Aunt Jemima, they moved over to Escobar's yeah. now. Daryl Gates is the police chief who resigned once the video of Rodney Key beating was released, but he is responsible for declaring a war on drugs and creating the first gang task force in the world. What? This guy's a fucking police uh, legend. The crash unit would create Roblox. This is all crazy. We got to get it's insane. The crash unit would create roadblocks to curb drug trafficking f- with fully armored police vehicles. So they'd go to like South Central and bad areas. They would put like SWAT tanks crossing the street and they would mm. check each car that came across. The most notorious use of crash was in 1988 and it put a bad reputation on the LAPD. Over two days in 1988, 1,000 police officers descended on gang territories and arrested over. 1,453 suspected gang members for things as minimal as traffic violations all the way up to open warrants. Corners cut during the second night raid led to over 100 crash convictions being overturned and cost the city of L.A. $125 million after they lost 140 lawsuits for those wrongly accused by the crash unit. $125 million right now. Can you guess how much that is? $125 million? Yeah, what is it today? This is 1988. Oh, what it is today? Probably like uh, 200, $200 million? Not bad. Three fifteen. Three hundred fifteen. million. These motherfuckers lost in today's dollars. But, uh, but when you <laughs> when you say $125 million and then you say $315 million, those mean the same to me. Yeah, they're all just fake money. <laughs> they're that all just like, seen. I don't know what that means. Yeah. <laughs> it's just uh, millions of dollars. So the crash unit was disbanded in 2001, which is hilarious because it started in 1988. So in 1988, in 1992, they were like, they caused the city $125 million. And then they were like, hey, you only have uh, nine more years to make this back. And I feel like the crash unit was disbanded in 2001 after September 11th. Yeah, yeah. No more crashing. You can't bring up crashing. (laughs) There's no buildings. There's no airplanes. In 1988, the Street Terrorism Enforcement and Prevention Step. Step Act made all forms of communication between in, any gang members illegal. Man. You, Wait, what? Yeah. Street terrorism enforcement and prevention made all forms of communication between any gang members illegal. Yeah, but like. How can you tell someone's yeah, a gang member? Like, yeah. I'm not a member. You know, these are just my friends. We play kickball together. Yeah. I mean, yeah, it's a way to. I mean,. It's, it was probably needed at this time, as we're going to see as all the crazy shit goes on mm-hmm. right now. But they're definitely use it to, uh, you know, yeah, have their way with the but law like system. But like a war on gangs, it's like it's it's never gonna work. Like again, it's just a revolving door of like people and heads, and like yeah. it's just it seems just like a fool's errand. It's like, bro, I mean, y'all not gonna you can. It's it's a it's a mechanism that's bigger than fucking the efforts to stop it. Yeah. <sighs> Many 18th Street members were deported following the 1992 riots and the ruling that the LAPD was not guilty of excessive force of force during the riots. L.A. riots allowed the LAPD to arrest 17,000 immigrants and it's ep- estimated that 1,000 were deported immediately before they can get any help from the ACLU and the mm. immigrants' rights groups. I mean, you know, some of them are probably mm. pretty terrible gang members, but yeah. there's probably some good people. But, like, uh, okay... I don't. I mean, I don't know the ins and outs of it, but like, what is the true like punishment of like de- deportation? What is that like? What does that mean? You know, because like you get jacked up and you get thrown the fuck back to your country. Don't I know, you? but like you just sending someone back to their country, it's like I can just use the means that I used to get here the first time again. 
El Salvador is far, though, dog. Oh, okay. So it's just like you got to start this journey all over. Yeah, it's, it's not like, just like don't like, pass go, don't collect 200, <laughs> yeah. and you got to start again. All right. You're going back to fucking El Salvador with nothing. like Zelda level yeah. one again. All right. <laughs> no, I think it's like you go back there, you ain't got shit, and you probably did some weird, scary shit to get here, and you probably got crazy. If you're one, I mean. Oh, okay. Yeah, you may have to deal with some uh, shit at home. Yeah, as I mean, well. you might have been running from some, especially if you're one of these right. gang members. Right. At the cl- conclusion of the El Salvador Civil War in 1992, Roughly 780 18th Street members and MS-13 members were deported back home since they were not granted refugee status, which largely contributed to the fast growth of the gangs in Central America. Mm. So that's like... I was, you know what, speaking on that, I was at a uh, at the airport in a, in a gate area on a flight, and this dude who was like being escorted, being deported back to like Africa and Mali or somewhere... And like everything was cool, everything was chill. You can kind of tell it was like someone, a, pl- a prisoner being escorted. But like once they scan his boarding pass, the motherfucker like lost it. Like he just like broke down into tears and was just like fighting the cops and shit. And they had to call like hella uh uh fucking um support like to help get him on the plane. He was like in tears. Like the plane left without him. Like they was like, all right, we got to get this dude. We can't get him on the plane. Cause he was just, he's like, they're gonna kill me. Like you send me back there, they're gonna fucking kill me. They're gonna torture me and they're gonna kill me. I don't know what that man did. I I search his name every day. And you're like Bali <laughs> no, guy nothing, airport. Nothing comes. Where up. are you, Bali guy airport? <laughs> this is when I was working there too. So I like he was, you know, I like had his full shit. name. Yeah. Okay. Here, this is gonna be perfect for this. I was gonna say this a little bit later. I know that no one wanted to do this. It's hard to find people. Is it going in here? Oh yeah. It's hard to find. It's hard to find people to do this podcast. To be honest with you. Oh. Uh, because, yeah. I mean, I do a lot of them about, like, cartel guys. Yeah. And then if I do a cartel guy, anyone who's Mexican will not do it. And then, so a lot of times I'll do, like, crazy. But, yeah, no, this episode is very hard because this is all L.A. Right. But and it's like, as a comic, is are we are we on air, by the way? Yeah, we're on all air. Right, good. <laughs> as a comic, you know, it's uh we just kind of poke fun at, at things because these are merely words on a page. Yeah. They don't have, like, you know, they have meaning, but they don't have true meaning because it's not like a visual i don't think we insulted saying. anyone yet. no but it's just like poking fun it's like oh that's cute you guys do math like you know what i mean it's like no we're not it's just kind of a a, a thing but i just want anyone if there are any members listening or watching <laughs> to know no no like real shit like i understand the struggle uh and i understand sort of you know the need for for family and camaraderie and and being in in poverty and and just you know uh, the need of friendship and brothers and all that shit. Like, I, I get, I'm like a, a total empathizer. I'm a fucking villain empathizer. I, I empathize. I'm, ever since I was a kid, oh, I was bro, always the bad All the time. Guy. Oh, I watch Lion King. I'm like, yo, how the fuck did he get that scar? <laughs> like, nobody asked that question. Like, yeah, maybe, you know, nobody fucking the, the insecurities that he's dealt with. <laughs> why is he the only one with the scar? Why and don't y'all step up? And why is he so off? fucking dark? And why is he so malnourished? Like, yeah. why is he, you know, but so I, I understand. I grew up in the hood. I, I, I feel it. I've lost fucking i want to say upwards of 50 uh childhood friends to to gun violence and you know 50 up to upwards 50 yeah and to know like i mean i understand the mechanism and the system and just the way that it works we got some good questions coming up then yeah bro like fucking i mean kids that i coached like my two starting running backs are in jail for murder right now my two starting like all-star running backs are, are in prison for murder and the sweetest kids with with uh, a male presence in their life, fathers in their lives and shit like that. Like it's, dude. This was in Richmond, in San Francisco. San Francisco. Yeah, it's a it's a beast, bro. Like this life, you know, as a 
as a person of color in a very like at risk environment can easily lure you in. And okay, I get it. Here is um, you smell the microphone? Yeah. <laughs> no, oh no, did I smell it? Yeah. No, I oh. smell it. <laughs> um, so here's my question. Um, who is the scariest person you've ever met? Met, 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 met. Or just in person. Okay. I gotta get. We're gonna come two. with another gang one, and we're gonna come with another one when you felt like you might die. Um, I and I have answers for all these two. I got two. Okay. Um, I met Suge Knight once mm. at a comedy show. Both, bro. You know, both of these, both of these instances, it wasn't like like a, a formal meeting, but it was just like I felt like a dark energy in my presence. Wow. And this, this uh. One time I was in Vegas in the the forum, the the forum shops. Oh, okay. And I was, I was like walking forum, through. Okay. Yeah, I was walking through uh, with a friend of mine, and I we just felt like this energy, like this uh, stampede, like approaching us like rapidly. And I look, I turn around and I look back, and it's the game. Um, and I didn't know the game was like. Was he scary? Is he scary looking guy? He's he's not scary per se, but he's like big as fuck. Yeah. He's like six four, six five. He's a giant dude to just, like, creep up on your back. You know what I mean? And he was with his entourage of, like, 15, 20 people. Those guys were probably pretty scary. So it was, like, it was just, like, you know, I'm just walking, like, la, 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 la. And I turn around, and I see hella, like, hella niggas and just the game's big ass, like, approaching behind me. And we had to, like, run, like, you know what I mean? Like, skip off to the side. Yeah, like, like, I want to go check out Pac Sun real quick. <laughs> like, hella fast, bro. This shit was wild. Um, but Suge Knight definitely was, like, I was watching that. Remember the uh, infamous Kevin, I mean, Cat Williams uh, meltdown. Yeah, in Sacramento. And, no, no, no. The the one before that, the one in uh, Oakland? the Oakland. Yeah, yeah, at the Oracle. At the Oracle. Yeah, I just. I was at that one like stage right because I knew somebody was on the show, and um, I just felt like I didn't know he was there, but I was just like standing stage right, and I was like, "There's like this fucking like really weird like darkness like like right behind me." You know, we feel like somebody creeping up on you, and I turn around, and I like see a chest, obviously, because you know I'm fucking like five eight, but then I look up, and I was like, "Shook night right there." It's like watching the show, just with a fucking cocktail, and I was like, "Damn, dude! Like, I get it." Yeah, big people scare me, bro. <laughs> I think I saw Alonzo Morning, like in the gate area, taking a flight. That was scary too. <laughs> Alonzo, yeah, he. I mean, he's six eleven. Yeah, he's big as fuck. He's big as big people, but, he, like, but he's got weak liver, I think. I think he can really. I didn't know that about him until now. Um, I saw uh, Cat Williams <clears throat> and Suge Knight at Laughs Unlimited the next couple of days. Oh, word! Yeah, yeah. Oh, he, I think he got in a fight and had to get pushed out. Scariest guy I ever met, I've had a few, uh, was this guy named Capone in Sacramento. So I used to sell- Terrifying. Yeah, terrifying name. He would never give me his real name. That was his name, too. Uh, he was just, but he, I mean, he would say he was a blood. I th- he would say he was a blood, but he, I never really see him have any friends. Mm-hmm. He would just wear red. He had the shaved head, kind of pointed ears, black dude. And um, he was kind of this uh, ex-military kind of like- uh, So when I used to sell drugs, I would sell them- there was a gang I was attached to. I always kind of say it was like I was a moon, and they were kind of Earth. You know, like there was okay. a gang, and I was a guy on the outside. So that somewhat would, of an associate. Yeah, an associate. Sorts. They would front yeah. me drugs to sell, and I'd bring them back the money. And then if I ever had a problem, or if I a lot of times saw where other drug dealers lived, I would be like, I want this guy out of the neighborhood, so I'd go over there. Blah, blah. So, but most importantly, uh, they would front you the money and yes. you would give it back. And I would give it back. And it's on time, exactly the same, every time. Every time. And so I never had a problem with them. And it was all, well, actually, it was a couple of times it didn't work mm-hmm. out. But those are different stories. So then they would, this one guy, Capone, started coming around. And then he would always ask me for rides home. And then every time I'd give him a ride home, it would be all these different places. 
and it was really scary. And then one time, uh, well, I don't want to say that one, but he was a very uh, terrifying guy. And yeah. then uh, he had a very large, fat Texas uh, white girlfriend. Very fat Texas white girlfriend who used to have scissor, and she would sell me scissor when I was a kid. It was awesome. She had all these crazy. She had Capone tattooed on her face. And then, like, I'd, whenever I'd see her by herself and he wasn't there, um, she would, like, have bruises all over. Oh, and, damn. And then he would be all pissed. He was like, you fucking with my girl and I'm not there. I'm like, dude, I don't even know what you're talking about. He would be like, I'm coming to get you. I'm like, I don't know where the fuck I live. I'm yeah. a scary motherfucker. You know what's uh, just a scary attribute on a person? Somebody who just has a lot of scars on their face. That's what these guys did. You don't. Yeah. That's a terrifying feat. Like, even growing up, like, kids in the neighborhood, any kid who had, like, a lot of scars on his face. Automatic bad guy. And just, like, a, and just like didn't have a, a, a fresh haircut. Like, just his hair was all disheveled and shit. It's a, just, like, I was always just, like, reary of, like, that, that presence. Yeah, like, if you bro. got a scar <laughs> across your eye. Yeah. You are second in command or, of Cobra or just, Kai. Or just like a bunch of little scars. <laughs> just a bunch of tiny little just ones a bunch all of little scars all over your face. Like, was that acne? Or would someone get you with like a scalpel? No, just like little slits. Just like oh, all, all over. You could just see it. That's terrifying. Did you know uh, Nazis used to uh, give each other... They would like cut each other's faces in like little knife fights. And then you'd like put stuff in it like hay and shit. And then it would cause it to scar up. And so that's why they have these crazy scar faces. Uh, all right, Those man. Those guys always, always on the front, front line uh, thinking of terrible things. Um, okay, that one's good. Okay, let's go back. In 1994, 375,000 Salvadorians choose to return home to their country, while 200,000 Central Americans were deported back to their home countries at the same time. Why? Um, this is kind of just, they're just cracking down in LA. Oh, okay, yeah, some motherfuckers are like, all right. We're just going right. to go this back. This is not the land of yeah. opportunity anymore. No. I think the Civil War in uh, El Salvador is kind of coming to an end. Okay. In 1996, L.A. Times article stated that 18th Street was 20 times the size of a typical L.A. gang and greatly outnumbered the more well-known Crips and Bloods. In 1996, crime statistics had at least one person a day being victimized by 18th Street members. In 1996, 18th Street members made up the largest group of gang members in the custody of the California Uses Authority. In the U.S., once in prison, 18th Street members aligned themselves with the Mexican Mafia. Between 1985 and 1995, 18th Street was involved with... 154 different murders across L.A. That is one a month for 10 years. They would kill someone. Have you ever been scared for your life and why and how? Um, afraid for my life? I've had so many, like, little close encounters, but... Oh, well, yeah. Yeah, there was there was one time I did some, uh, some shady shit and... In a city that I was not from, but I was currently living in. So I was like scared that the local kind of gang that, that we had a conflict mm-hmm. with would, um, would retaliate. Yeah. And like, yeah, there was a moment, there was, yeah, there was a few weeks where, you know, I was like looking out my window and cars were like slowing down by the house and shit like that. Yeah, I remember. So, yeah, I was yeah, I was legit scared that um I had gotten myself into something that um could end up pretty uh life threatening. Yeah, and then those are the times when I've had a f- I've had a fucking few of them. Um those are the ones you're like, maybe this isn't what I want to do anymore. Yeah. Maybe yeah. This comedy thing sure is cool. <laughs> I'll sit at the line at the punchline and talk yeah. to some autistic kid rather than <laughs> having some guy put a fucking gun on my face. Yeah, man. Did you hear you, have you heard about what happened a little while ago to my buddy, my downstairs neighbor? 
already no. said it on this podcast, so you can probably jump ahead, but I'll just do the little quick version. I have a lot more stories, but I'll save those for another ones. So recently, uh, about a month and a half ago, my downstairs neighbor, one of my best friends, uh, I was up here, it was nighttime, and I could hear him yelling, Steve, 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 he stabbed me. I run downstairs, run downstairs, he's on top of a guy. The guy's on the ground kind of in like the Christ position. He's got both his hands on the guy's wrist. The guy's got a knife. My buddy's covered head and toe in blood. And the guy, he was yelling, the guy's st- trying to kill me. The guy's yelling, I'm going to kill you, I'm going to kill you. I ran over there, kind of like knee-dropped his arm. Mm-hmm. I kept yelling, let go the fucking knife. And I was elbowing him in the head. The guy wouldn't let go. So then I took the knife and I snapped it into the ground. Then we pretty much beat up the guy for a little bit. Then the cops came, picked up the, the guy who tried to stab my friend. My friend stands up, passes out. Well, not passes out, falls on his back. And then we look and he'd been stabbed here oh. and here oh. four other times. And so he's bleeding out. So when we pulled up his shirt, my girlfriend came down. She's a nurse. And then when we pulled up his shirt, there's a little slit, this one here. It does the movie thing. It goes like. And then it spits it out. And then my girlfriend goes free. And they shouldn't freak out because she's a fucking badass ICU nurse. She just goes, oh, and she takes my sweatshirt and she plugs up this one and this one till the police come. And then or the, the ambulance comes. And yeah. then the ambulance picks him up, takes him there. Uh, Chow is in the hospital for six days. The guy's my backdoor neighbor. That guy gets out in two days. He's living over there. About uh, three doors down. Hold on, the guy who stabbed him? Uh-huh. Oh. He's only in there for three days. Oh, so shit. that's another reason why I'm leaving this place. All right. Yeah, that's why yeah. I keep, a, I keep <laughs> I my fucking knife and my glizzy like, on me now, dude. Oh, uh, yeah, I saw the knife right there when I walked in. I was like, okay, he cuts a lot of blunts. <laughs> yeah, I do it, I do cut blunts with it. I've been cutting backwards with it, even though you're not supposed to cut backwards, but I've been doing it. That Damn. was my favorite. I always tell you that, my favorite dr- joke of yours or ever. I mean, not my favorite one, but the first one that I was like, oh, I like this guy, was you had a joke about... You didn't understand blunts. It'd, it'd be like cutting open a burrito, emptying it out, and filling it with oh, ice cream. Fu- oh, yeah, 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 yeah. I was like, I pouring out the, yeah. Pouring out stuff and filling it with ice then, cream. And then, you know, what was funny is uh, I tried that bit uh, after you told me that you, like, I was like, I remember you, like, I remember that yeah. bit. I was like, oh, yeah, that was a fun bit. And I tried that bit, like, the night of that you told me that you liked me, and it did not go well. <laughs> <laughs> well, if I, there's some beats in there, and maybe I wasn't, a, I don't know. All right, so this is a map of a decade. Of um, I'm gonna try and throw some of these up on the uh, old uh, YouTube page so you can see some of these pictures and stuff. I might try start doing that. I notice a lot of guys have been going over the YouTube page. This is 10 years. So where are these guys located uh, from 1985, 1995? They are fucking up. That's East LA. So this is downtown. Yeah. yeah. So it looks like K Town. They're murdering a lot of people in K Town. Stay out of K Town, guys. Yep. Culver got touched a couple times. Hollywood got touched. Oh uh, shit! I'm moving. It's all along that freeway, the 101. Yeah. So I remember the back to the freeway thing. Yeah. Stay on this side. You stay on that side. Glendale, safe as a motherfuckers are coming up. Ah. NoHo got hit. Um, South That's LA. my street. Is it? Which no, one, Victor? I don't know. I can't. <laughs> yeah. I just say Gary Anderson Sr. Um, the 101. Yeah, it's all. It's got, Wow, they really hit people it's along freeways. It's pretty scattered, though. Yeah, along the freeway. It's all freeways. You know it, my biggest fear? Huh. Uh, sitting in a parked car. Because you can't do nothing? No, just because so many of like my childhood friends were murdered while sitting in parked cars. And then I, I was and I could never understand it. But now I realize as a kid, like as a 16, 17 year old, like you don't have a lot of options of places to go and things to do. So you spend a lot of time sitting in, in parked park cars, car, smoking weed, smoking weed shit, listening yeah. to music and bullshit yeah, and just sitting duck. Especially Bang. if you can't like go home that often. Exactly. You can't smoke at mom's house. Yeah. So many dudes, so many fucking people, bro. Like, and you're vulnerable. You're just in yeah, a glass yeah. box. Yeah, you're just yeah, sitting duck. 
so many like it, I would say at least I know at least like eleven people from my childhood who were murdered sitting in a car. So I'm, I never sit. I never fucking sit in parked cars. <laughs> like I, I'm like a shark. I gotta keep moving. <laughs> I gotta I go, bro. Breathe. I can't sit in it, bro. It makes me uncomfortable. I've had a lot. I've had in high school a lot of friends. Uh, not friends. I had classmates that were shot a lot. Eleven people died from four to or from senior or freshman year. Of oh yeah, high school. But then when I got older, it's mainly been. There's been some violent crimes, but none. Uh, I wasn't a big. I wasn't a big gang guy. But there's yeah. a lot of drug. Uh, Overdoses in my friend group, a lot. No one ever sold anything to you, though. But I wasn't a big. Uh, I wasn't that wasn't your product. Yeah, I wasn't a big. I, I mean, I sold some Norcos once in a while. Yeah, but, uh, that was before they were like a uh, fentanyl based and like mm. that's it's like a seven to ten milligram thing. That's not gonna kill you. All right, here we go. One of the first leaders to ever get in trouble was 1999's Francisco Puppet Martinez. You're going to see a picture of him. Love that name. Fucking terrible. Love the, leader, the name, though. Oh, look, he also nailed it on his gang. The leader of the Columbia Little Psychos. Oh, he spells it with a C. <laughs> Little Psychos. In the, in the MacArthur Park area. So that would be um, it's K-Town area. That's where all the murders are happening. MacArthur Park is where you come out of... Uh, the subway, there's a giant park there. Yep. It's a lot of heroin addicts everywhere. It's Money crazy. Talks, I, I remember from Money Talks, oh, the movie. Yeah, yeah, it's like a huge, like... It's a scary neighborhood. In uh, End of the movie sequence there. So, little puppet. Uh, he became the first 18 streamer to be successfully charged with racketeering. That's when you start getting uh, better charges yeah. to keep someone in there. He was also charged with conspiracy to commit murder. His downfall is that he continued to call shots from prison through his wife and friends. When he was in prison due to immigration law violations... He sent letters to his wife and his soldiers that they need to find the rat that snitched on him mm. and murder him. The mm. FBI intercepted these messages and presented the charges for racketeering conspiracy to commit murder. Oh, hold on. You can't cheat yet. To commit murder, he was given three consecutive life sentences. Bro, like, that's... Don't don't give me the life sentences back to back to back, though. Can you, like... Can you put, like, a year in between them? Yeah. Like, <laughs> like if I get the... If I get the reincarnation, let me be, like, a fly for one year <laughs> yeah. and a mouse, and then I'll come back as a person and I can go back in there. Although the FBI held this as a victory, A Street is notorious for shot callers and leaders to be immediately replaced by another click member due to large right. size. Many in waiting. In waiting. That's why they're hard to get down. Who can conspire to kill the one... Because they, they're in waiting. They're All right, Gary Anderson. Wait for their moment. We're going to show you puppet. I hope he has a lot of little scars on his face. Pretty scary looking dude. He's also, man, he's also all right. He's got a fresh line. He's got a fresh line. That's what I'm saying. I'm just like, bro, you could have did something else. You could have chosen another life. You could have got bitches. You could have been a barber or something. You know what I mean? You could have lived up, made an honest living. Good ears. Nice mustache. Good nose. The mustache is real nice. Yeah, the mustache is popping. He's got the XV one 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 on his face. <laughs> Where's glasses? It's kind of fucked up. I'm like biased towards towards good looking people gang. Yeah, and I've <laughs> noticed you just don't like people with bad haircuts. I don't, I don't like, like good looking people gang banging. You know, it was funny. Uh, like uh, like years and years and years ago, my uh, girlfriend at the time she got caught stealing out of Macy's, oh, and man. the first, the security the first thing they said was like, "You're too pretty to be stealing." It's like, what the fuck does that mean? No, I, that, I'm too pretty. <laughs> That's why I normally don't get caught. <laughs> You're too pretty to steal. Um, I did the most dangerous place you ever visited yet? No. Ever visited? Oh, no. Okay, so cool. That was going to be... We got a little more stuff. We're going to do this one. What was the most dangerous place you've ever visited? Could be in America or otherwise. A lot of people don't know this. Gary, great comedian, used to work for an airline, would take, like, day trips to fucking the Netherlands and shit. 
Yeah, the most dangerous place, I would say. So he's a very worldly man. Fuck, yo. Um, <clears throat> dangerous place. I don't go to too many dangerous places. I mean, I've been uncomfortable a lot. Fuck. I can't point it out. I, what do you think about the tea, the tenderloin? Do you think that's dangerous? I think nah, that's my... That's. I mean, I've I've been fucking scouring through the tenderloin since i was a kid so that that never made me uncomfortable any place see the okay discomfort depends greatly on like public transportation so if you're on public transportation and you see a type of like a certain type get on you know that's funny then then you're like okay this might be a dangerous place but if you're just in the in your own car and you see a couple of like fucked up buildings and it's like ah this this ain't you know I don't know what this is. There, I don't. I've been more uncomfortable than I've been afraid in terms of uh, in terms of danger. I, I went to Fort Smith, Arkansas once, and and I and I visited a restaurant and accompanied by a white woman. That was terrifying. That would seem terrifying that, in Fort Smith. I don't even know what that is, but it sounds Fort, in Fort Smith, Arkansas. Yeah, it sounds like a Lynchburg yeah, kind of yeah, vibe. Oh no, oh one hundred percent. So you know, shit like that makes me more uncomfortable than just being in like gang territory um i did ride the what, what do you ride down to long beach to your show actually what's that what's oh, that train yeah. uh, i don't know whatever i think the blue line or whatever it was i wrote that, that down was pretty to, scary it was pretty scary because you go through watts you go through compton like you go through like all the you know yeah, the, the tougher areas in la kind of and i'm like area. and i'm on that and i'm on that shit with my fucking uh with my folding bicycle <laughs> so <laughs> and like yeah so you it's like it's one of those things like you don't want to you don't want to look like you you don't want to look like you are a person that that a has mark. anything of value, yeah. you know, and that's kind of been like my whole thing, like in 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 my existence period. Like I, that's why I don't wear Jordans, I don't wear chains, I don't wear jewelry, um, you know, because I don't want to I don't want to appear like to be a person of value, a person that you can kidnap for ransom. I don't want to appear like I have anything, you know. I mean, you always have a funny style, though. It's very unique. Yeah, but it's it's never like anything that someone like gold, would, someone gold. would want. Yeah. <laughs> it's like oh, I want his dog chewed up Birkenstocks. <laughs> it's like nah, you don't want you don't want none of this shit, bro. Keep it moving. We'll Keep it moving. I have nothing. All right, we're coming to an end here on the American one. Um, in 2002, newly appointed police chief William Bratton labeled MS-13 to 18th Street as terrorist groups. Ah, uh, you can't do that. With its label, it made it harder for gangs to organize and easier for police to arrest gang members. However, this just led to 18th Street becoming more cautious and having more combative relationships with the police. We are on our last page and a half. This one is about the 2007 Congressional Report on 18th Street and MS-13. I just, I hope they were watching that. I hope all the gang members just had that on C- CNBC and C-SPAN just like, like watching the Super Bowl. <laughs> they just got carne asada <laughs> That's us right there. Yeah, just yeah. chilling like, oh, what y'all go? Y'all not going to do shit. The 2007 Congressional Report. Oh, man. So 18th Street clicks are found in Washington, D.C., Northern Virginia, cities across Maryland, Nashville, NYC, Houston, in addition to L.A. So it's definitely on the East Coast, too. 18th Street estimated to have 30,000 members across the U.S. in 2007. Documents make the argument that the U.S. has been blamed 
internationally for the transnational proliferation of 18th Street, but the gangs were already established in those countries prior to deportation, so mm. the U.S. is not responsible. But as we just said, we were deporting gang members at right. a huge rate. Yeah, and, and they were just going there forming, yeah, I mean, alliances. Eighteen. I mean, if you send a thousand gang members into different countries with only five million, you know, populations, that's, yeah, that's they're gonna multiply. It's like a tumor. Uh, can we can we rebrand? Can we uh, let's call them alliances now? Instead of gangs? <laughs> no, yeah, because let's do like MTV's like the challenge or some <laughs> shit. Like those are gangs when you form another. You're a gang now, yeah. you know. But they're called alliances. These are just alliances, guys. Yeah, these are bigger than a gang. <laughs> 30,000 people are in a gang. That's a <laughs> movement. Uh, estimates MS-13 to 18th Street membership to range between 70K and 100K across Central America and Mexico. So it's popping down there. 100,000 people down there. Yeah. FBI gang cases increased by 58% from... 495 cases to 784 <coughs> between 2000 and 2004. International Gang Intelligence Center was established in 2005. A report concludes that 18th Street is a transnational gang due to multiple countries containing cliques, but argue that they are not not as sophisticated exactly. as the Mexican or American mafia due to central lack of centralized low. leadership. Yeah. yeah, that's a that's a huge huge thing. And and in in when talking gangs or uh, any sort of uh, criminal enterprise. If it's decentralized, then it's like it's very difficult to like yeah, kind of capture. It's like a school of fish. If there's a yeah. bunch of fish just roaming yeah. the area, then it's like fine. And but they're in like this huge thing. You're like, oh, that's kind of. It's almost problematic, um, or or creates an issue and and kind of kind of a, a, a uptick in violence when there is no centralized authority figure. Because if there's no hierarchy, you know, How do you stop it. Yeah, you just like people just fucking running, yeah. just running around, you know, like cowboys, fucking wild cowboys. Like, yeah, yeah, you definitely need. I mean, you know, I, 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 <laughs> I don't want to say I have a preference, but I do have a preference for like more organized, like yeah. a more structured. You but know, that's what's happening to like. I feel like gangs and criminal organizations back in the day. Well, that's also how you could catch them back in the day. They're doing yeah. racketeering, Rico, like that. But if yeah. it's just a bunch of shitty little kids ganging ganging up together yeah. and just calling themselves shitty, eighteen, shitty little kids without without a without an, a choice. Yeah, yeah, uh, they, yeah, yeah, they don't Even have a though choice. Some of their classmates are probably pretty cool. In 2013, the FBI carried out Operation Breaking Bad, which targeted the shot callers no. of the Rancho Park Locos. Another good name. Damn. Click of the 18th Street Gang. They were charged with distributing meth, coke, weed, illegal weapon sales, distribution, perfect. Are those the weapons? Possession of drug paraphernalia. Here are the weapons. Mm, that's nice. Decent amount. That's nice. That's a cute. That's Ow, a nice oh, little, that yeah. one's fun. I always wanted one of those uh, automatic. I almost bought an automatic pistol. Oh, more, really? From uh, but what about the accuracy and it jams? Yep, true. And it gets hot. So <laughs> they're main. These guys are mainly dealing with a lot of shotguns, sawed-off shotguns, yep. couple rifles. That looks like a AK. Or yeah. That looks like about an AK. I think. I don't know. I don't know. It's pretty though. It's good looking though. They have a lot of handguns. All I like together. a revolver. I respect the revolver. Doesn't jam. Just uh, heavy, reliable. Yep, and so, it's it's classic. You know. You shoot a person with a revolver, it's like, that's, I respect that kill. <laughs> Guy had aim, he only had five <laughs> shots. Right, or six he shots. got it done. So this uh, Rancho's Park Locos click, they had about 13 um, shotguns, an, auto, an AK, it looks like, uh, 
bolt action rifle in about one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven, twelve, thirteen. Thirteen handguns and small submachine guns. Starting in 2007, the U.S. collaborated with El Salvador, Guatemala, and Honduras to joint operation target Central American gang members. Across the three countries, the U.S. helped incarcerate 700 members of the 18th Street Gang across three countries. So, I mean, the three countries, that's probably not that much. What Trump do? This is right, this is right in Trump. This is 2017. Former President Donald Trump and Attorney General William Barr <coughs> called this a major victory, even though it estimates that there were between 10 and 30,000 members across the Central America. Yeah, Mexico. It's, uh, yeah it's... It's not a battle you can win. In May 2019, ICE officials in Pennsylvania transported a Salvadorian 18th Street mem- member back to El Salvador so he could face homicide, conspiracy to commit homicide, and terrorical terrorist organization membership. Seems stupid. Um, and uh, last year, this is l- we're going to end the Euro- American thing. We're going to take a little time out between the rest of the uh, one. But uh, this is the last part. As recent as May of 2020, eight members of a clique outside Philadelphia arrested for sex trafficking a 14-year-old mm. girl that was rescued. And when they did that, the police also found an 18-year-old Damn. girl captive. In a pandemic. In a p- I'm I'm terrible. I didn't. I'm not trying to dismiss it or minimize <laughs> minimize it. Uh, it's damn. a terrible thing. Someone, everyone it's got ter- COVID. But al- but also in a pandemic. Yeah, come on, bro. Take which a break. Ma- in on par with that, like violence in in the dead of winter in like Chicago and shit is always the most confusing thing to me. Any violence in the snow is just like what? You have you have other priorities other than getting out of the snow. It's like it's Christmas, dude. It's fucking crazy. <laughs> it's fucking crazy. Are you mad? Oh man. All right, Gary Anderson, thank you for coming in, buddy. Quite the pleasure. I really appreciate. It. I think you're gonna be able to miss traffic now. Yep. Yeah. I'm a, uh, yeah. I'm gonna shoot down around. Tell the people how to get a hold of you. Uh, I am Gary Michael Anderson on Instagram, and uh, that's all you need to know. All right, guys, follow him. Thank you very much. We'll see you next time. Bye.